As an African-born immigrant in America, I've spent the last six years trying to define my identity, pursue a new life, build a career, start a family, and bridge my African heritage and the American dream. The real question is how did I do it? This podcast is here to give you the answer. My name is Rudolf Mali and welcome to the Afro Hustle Podcast. Follow me and follow along with the conversation as I present interesting topics and interview successful African-born immigrants to share their success stories that will inspire and help you smoothly assimilate into your new American life. Chairman himself. Hey, Mr. Rudy. (laughs) You hear me okay? Yes, 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 100%. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Long, long time, long, long time, bro. It's been a long time. Damn. It was Corona and everything. The last time, the last time we saw each other was in 2019, Abby. Yeah. <laughs> I came to in, uh, in Maryland there. Yeah, during the, uh, I think it was during the uh, GHS reunion, right? No, we had a, there was a boomerang event that we attended at one time after that. Yeah, yeah we had a GHS this thing in 2018. So how have things been going on so far? Uh, so far, so good. Just, uh, I just recently had a son. Oh, wow. Congrats. Congrats. Is that the first? Yeah, that's my first. Awesome. Awesome. How's the feeling? Uh, uh, pretty exciting. I mean, <laughs> words can't really, uh, words can't explain. I can imagine. I think you're also a father, so. I am. Yeah. So my, my friends who, uh, who have kids, they used to tell me, they can't really tell me that feeling, you know. Yes. Or maybe they would just be into uh, pumpers and stuff. Yeah. But when I saw my son come out, like the feeling was just overwhelming. <laughs> yes, I couldn't even come out. I couldn't even scream. Yeah. But it's it's been a wonderful experience. I can imagine. I I didn't I didn't have the opportunity to. I didn't have the privilege of being there when my daughter was born. So. There are some experiences I'm still looking forward to. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, if 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 you're not if you don't strengthen your strengthen your heart, yes, I don't advise you to go there. Like the experience <clears throat> for me, it was a joyful one, but for a lot of people, it's uh, I don't know. It just it traumatizes them. You know, it's not something you get to see every day, right? But, but, Especially if uh, you know your wife or girlfriend goes through C-section, yes. that is a whole different ballgame. I think mine was a, a, a little bit fortunate because my wife pushed naturally, okay. natural birth. Okay. But just you know, seeing her go through the whole process, labor, and you know, man, it was it was a little bit traumatizing. But she's a strong woman. That's one thing, like, ever since she, uh, you know, had her son, it's been different, you know? <laughs> and I can, I can tell, I can say that that experience brings a new sense of love. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Because you see how she went through that. She went through that. You really, you, you have a, a new sense of appreciation. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, one, uh, another guy told me that when you experience it, it gives you new uh, 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 eyeglass. New sense of eyes to see. Yeah. And your whole perspective changes. And, you know, and I thought it was a joke, but it's actually really true. 
Okay. So it's, it's just, I think it's a good experience. Everyone should at least try to, uh, you know, experience it. Yeah. Well, yeah, we don't want to push for people to, to watch themselves. <laughs> oh, you have to be ready. And I, tell, I tell everyone, don't stress yourself so much. Right. Just uh, let God do the work, you right. know. Yeah, we've been married for eight years. Struggled to have kids for seven until okay. now. So, and then you know our community, all the pressures, all the talks, all the uh, you guys right. cannot have kids, blah 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 blah. But all the same, one thing is to just uh, trust God and let God handle the, the rest. That's a testimony, bro. That's really a testimony. It is absolutely. It That's is a testimony. All right, awesome. So while we're having all this conversation, I want us to jump right on the show, right? And I have a um, can just introduce yourself first, right? Into the into the show. Okay, absolutely, absolutely. So my name is Philip Deska, and uh, I currently work as an agile coach and a scrum master, and I've been doing it for uh, I think about six to seven years now as an as scrum master, and then uh, as an agile coach for over three years. And so far, I think it's been a very rewarding uh, career path that I choose. And prior to that, I, I used to work as an Oracle database administrator. So on, the, on one side, I have a couple of businesses. One of it is uh, teaching. I teach some IT courses. I teach Scrum. I used to teach uh, Oracle database. And then I have a financial service business where I educate people on, you know, how to better manage your finances, how to properly plan for retirement, proper savings, you know, good financial habits. So that's uh, one business I do on the side. And also I help a lot of people in the community around, you know, uh, putting together resumes, uh, job application processes, interview process, and just so I can get people to, you know, understand the American market, understand, you know, the nature of our job seeking in America. Right. which is so different from what we uh, are used to back home. Correct. Yeah. Then what else? I think in a nutshell, those are like the top things. I do other small things on the side, which are not really uh, concrete things that I want to really talk about for now, since there's so much realizing. Right. Yeah. So awesome. So I just want to give a brief background of what I know about you. Uh, so Philip's a great guy. He's uh, uh, African, an African immigrant from Cameroon, and he's a business and entrepreneur, professional, and um, I'm really excited to have you on the show today, bro. Yeah, it's been amazing, man. I've just been, you know, anticipating the whole thing, like how it looked like, <laughs> ever since you told me about it, but uh, I'm pretty uh, excited to be here. Right. I right, think it's, right. uh, it's a great initiative, you know, bringing this uh, to a community. We don't get to experience this uh, too often. We just get to see usually Americans and, you know, other uh, people from, you know, different nationalities, but not right. the Africans. Absolutely. You know, recently, and I'm just going to say this, I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to brag about this right now, but right now you brought this. <laughs> I'm going to brag about this, right? So yesterday, um, I think about two days ago, some guy posted, sent me an email and said that my, my podcast has been posted as has been ranked as number two best African, top African podcast, top African immigrant podcast to subscribe and listen to and follow. Wow. And I was I was like, you know, these are little things that we do. We, we don't know how many people are watching you from the outside. 
Absolutely. You know? And when I looked on the website, there were five top, and I'm number two. I'm not, I said number two. I just started this show like a month ago. You know, <laughs> you know? I'm like, Jesus. You know, I can only imagine what is gonna be in the next couple of months. You know, mm-hmm. and not just the not just the rank of being on the show, but actually the influence and the and the, con- the contribution to the community. You know, having influential people like yourself on the show bringing your knowledge, your skills, and your experience is definitely going to be valuable to our community and people who are just immigrating to the country. And even those who have been here, but I see having these loopholes and, you know, overwhelming confusion about the different processes and things that are involved in the country here in America. And I think that as we grow within the show, I'm really excited for the things that people are going to learn about, about what the show is about and how they can better their lives. Yeah, man, I applaud your effort for, uh, you know, not just uh, having the vision, but actually, you know, putting it into action. Because a lot of times you have all kinds of ideas on how you can better move our community forward. But then, you know, uh, bringing it to fruition, it's difficult. So just taking the bold step to start is something which I usually applaud in a lot of people. Because when you don't start, you don't know. You can have all the plans in your head, but if you don't start it, Nothing gets done. That's Absolutely. What I tell myself every time. But Absolutely. I really applaud your effort. I didn't even know you were number two. <laughs> Let's get into number one. <laughs> I know, I know, man. This yeah. just came in, just came in yesterday. I was I was so excited about it. I was wow. on my way. I think I was on my way to work yesterday and I saw that I'm like, oh my God, this is happening. And I also <laughs> just got I also just got approved on Apple Podcast. Wow. The Apple Podcast just approved my show yesterday and brought it live. So right now, if you go, if you search it on Apple Podcasts, you find my show up there. I'm still waiting for Google to do the honor. Wow, <laughs> man, that's something to brag about, you know? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to look on to our African proverb for today. And our African proverb for today is, if you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. If you teach him to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. I think this kind of ties right right into what you're doing, my brother. So tell me what you think about this. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's one of uh, a proverb which I have as a mantra, especially with uh, me teaching students, because sometimes when you finish to teaching students, they want to leverage uh, you back to help them with, you know, sometimes interviews and stuff. Right. But I usually tell them, if I do this for you, I'm not helping you because you continue to be reliant on me, then you're creating a single point of failure. So if I'm not there, what would you do? Hmm. The goal of my teaching is to enable you to be able to fend for yourself, to have the skill set, to have the ability, and to have the confidence to go about, you know, developing yourself and achieving something for yourself. So that that is something of leverage, even with uh, my relationships. Like even my wife, when she comes to me, oh, how am I supposed to do this? I usually ask her, what do you think? Because I'm ensuring that I make her to start thinking for herself, to become self-sufficient. Right. I think our community, we have been so reliant on other people, whether it's uncles, aunties, dads, brothers and sisters, rather than you know, developing ourselves to uh, a level where we can rely on ourselves. Right. So we don't have that single point of failure, which is right. relying on other people. Right. And my dad always used to say, every your shadow will leave you. So you have to develop yourself strong enough that when your shadow leaves, you can still achieve what you were supposed to achieve for yourself. 
I think the proverb really ties into what I do. Right. You know, the education part, building people up, making sure that they're self-confident, self-sufficient, and they can go about, you know, uh, diving into uh, the proverb. They can go about fishing for themselves. Right. Absolutely, man. You know, I'm, I'm, it is, it's just how, you know, how God just makes things work. This is, I, was, I didn't pre-plan this, this proverb. I know I have a list of proverbs that I just go through every day. And I just, this one just like cut my hand. And this is like basically what you do on a daily basis, yeah. you know? <laughs> teaching people how to fish, teaching people how to become professionals for themselves, just to understand the American system and the economy, but also how they can actually develop themselves and become valuable assets to the, to the community. Absolutely. Excellent. So um, I have a few questions for you and I really want to get into it because I know that. <laughs> so uh, one of the first questions I have is what's something that people seem to misunderstand about you? You've been to the country in this country for like how many years now? Uh, I've been here over eight years. Eight years. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I think one of the biggest things people misunderstand is they feel like I'm too strict. <laughs> yeah they feel like i'm too strict but that is usually not the case when, when it's about business i get very serious right you know but regular life i'm a clown like the people that are close to me they know that i'm the biggest clown you can find but when he when it's time for us to get serious about you know what is about work what is about business i really take it seriously so but a lot of people when they usually come to me, they usually come for me to give them a ready-made solution, which is something I don't usually do. Right. I'll get to question you to see how can you rely on yourself right. rather than me just throwing um, you know, a solution to you. First right. of all, what is the problem? How can we work together to ensure that you formulate a solution to that problem? And I think that also ties to uh, my background in coaching. Right. Where, you know, as a coach, you don't just provide solutions. You right. get to coach people to formulate solutions, right? So right. they can navigate through their own path. So that's one, I think it's the biggest area where people have a misconception about me and misunderstanding. Right. Absolutely. You know, because thinking about, how we like, you know, just like you mentioned, our community is so reliant on, on help, having people do things for you, yes. right? And if we find ourselves in an environment or encounter somebody like yourself, who is not just not just business minded straight, but people who are very conscious of their time, because you know one of the things the things I have have noticed within our community, people are people want the result, but they don't want to put in the work. Absolutely, right? They don't want to put in the work. And as soon as you show up and say, you know what, go and do X, Y, and Z, and you're gonna get A, B, and C results, they feel like. Oh, do I have to do X, Y, and Z in order to get this result? Like, what's the shortcut, right? Yeah. <laughs> what's the shortcut? We're always looking for the shortcut. Awesome. Um, so the next question I have for you is, as an African immigrant, what's the best compliment you have received from Americans? Or let, not just say Americans, but within, you know, for your life, for your, for your time being here for the last eight years, what are some of the compliments that you've received as an African immigrant? Yeah, uh I think this uh, one of the biggest compliment has been from my uh, uh, both teaching and uh, financial service business that I do. Uh, first with the financial service, there is the um, uh, my uh, my sister-in-law. So her mother-in-law was really sick. Right, you know, she just she uh, was diagnosed with cancer, 
So I was trying to get um, an insurance policy for her. Okay. And prior to that, I've been talking to them about the importance of, you know, uh, a life insurance policy, right? Just securing the family, making sure that if something happened, they're properly ready to still carry on with life. Because if you fall today, life continues, right? The people who are left behind, at least they have to have a better life. Absolutely. Or even the same. So I was talking to them over and over, but they kept pushing it uh, on the side. And then finally, this, uh, her mother-in-law got cancer. Hmm. And I tried so hard. That's one of the hardest policy I've worked in. I went through all kinds of different uh, insurance companies to be able to uh, insure her. So I worked so hard to actually get something. And finally, when I got it, the grandma, we call her grandma, she doesn't speak good English, but she told me, my son, the thing you have done for me and for this family, I don't know how we'll be uh, able to ever repay you. Because I know if I die today, they'll be in a better place. Right. And because of you, we understand what the light is. And it really uplifted my spirit. And also another, um, another situation was another uh, Ghanaian lady she was diabetic. She's a nurse. She didn't even know that she was diabetic. She had a uh, high blood pressure because she worked so much. So fortunately, due to us being there to uh, write an insurance policy for her, we were supposed to do a blood work and all that. Right. And she discovered that she had terrible high blood pressure that was, uh, you know, not under control. And right. then her diabetic level was off the roof. Wow. So they called her immediately after they got the result and said, please rush and go to the hospital. And if none of us being there, she would have died. So she called me right. three days after and told me, hey, Philip, you didn't just try to ensure my family, but you actually saved my life. Wow. And another situation has been one of our, my students, you know, she was working as a car salesperson for, um, one of these uh, big dealerships, but she was making barely seven, $8 an hour. She could barely pay for class. And in the middle of the class, she told me, hey, I'll have to drop off because I cannot pay uh, your, your fees. Right. So I told her, hey, you're already in it. Why do you want to drop off now? Why don't you, you know, finish? Once you secure a job, then you can pay me whenever you are ready. She said, oh, she doesn't want to owe me and blah, blah, blah. But I said, no. You're a good student. You have to stay the course. Right. And fortunately, she listened. She finished. She got the first job. And they were paying her $60 an hour. So imagine wow. moving from $8 to $60 an hour. Then she secured another job, a second job. She was making $65 an hour. It's amazing. To my biggest surprise, she sent me, uh, I think she sent over like $1,000. I just, I was there and my cash up just, <laughs> <laughs> You know, the, the cash up thing. Is yeah. <laughs> so she called and she said, bro, you, you don't even know the impact you have on people's life. Right. You have not just touched my life. You've actually changed the life of my family. Correct. Because I, have, I didn't know she had three uh, daughters back in Cameroon. Wow. She was responsible for paying the fees. Imagine if you have to pay fees for three daughters, you're making $8 an hour. You have to pay rent. You have mm. to also clothe yourself. Right. And all these things that you have to do as a woman for yourself. How was she getting by? I could barely even understand. But she told me, I put her in a situation where 
our life has completely changed. So those are some of uh, just some of the stories which you know I remember that really lights up my heart and encourages me. To, uh, it encourages me to keep doing more for the community. That's excellent, man. It's yeah. So excellent because you know just listening to all the stories. These are things. These are stories that we we don't listen. We don't hear about them all the time. Right? Yeah. We don't hear them every day, but you know, but these are things that people actually go through. And these are people, these are things that people go through. And it ties down to the reason why I'm doing this show because it's just about expanding. Let people be listening to these stories and see the possibility of things that can actually happen yeah. in their lives. You know, Absolutely. not just not just being stuck in wherever they are, but see the possibility of things that how people's life has been transformed and how they can also use leverage those resources in order to become better. Um, what another question that I have for you today is what's one thing that you were surprised about when you first traveled to America? Uh, I think the biggest thing that uh, shocked me was homeless people. Mm. Uh, because when I came in uh, to the US, I, 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 uh, my first stop was at JFK. Yeah. So I had about 10, I think about 12 hours layover. Because okay. before I got here, my flight was canceled. So I had just, I think, $350 in my pocket. I needed to buy another flight. So I bought another flight going to Colorado. Okay. I think it was about 200 and something dollars. Or maybe $200 or 100 and something. So I was left with $150. Right. And I had to go and pay rent for $100 once I get to Colorado. So literally, right. it was $50 that I needed to deal with. <laughs> right? <laughs> So, when I, uh, I took the opportunity to go out from the airport, and the amount of homeless people and beggars I saw in uh, New York, they freaked me out. You know, uh, after listening to Ali Shiki's song, uh, New York, yeah, right? So, I've, I felt like New York was like heaven, the city of dreams, city of <laughs> dreams, and all that. And my, my dreams, it was, it almost shut down my dream because I was thinking, like, if this is how New York is, the famous New York, what would right. Colorado look like? <laughs> you know? And uh, coming from Europe then, right. I thought America was like the heaven, you know? Right. So it, it really, it, I was baffled, to say the least. I was shocked. But it just gave me a different perspective. Because I saw people with huge cars, you know, I saw luxury buildings, and then I saw people living on the street. Right. So it was that, you know, different perspective that it actually made me to understand that, hey, people are making it and some people are not making it. Absolutely. You get to choose which path you follow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. You know, one of the things that I thought about as soon as I came here, was I was, you know, landed at JFK Airport here in New York City. Um, I, I didn't, I, I was so surprised people actually walk on, on the ground like we do in Cameroon. <laughs> You know, I was surprised. I, you know, seeing people on the streets, I'm like, oh, you know, it's, it's kind of the same thing we have in Cabo. Like, what's the difference? Yeah, right? what's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's awesome, yeah. man. That's awesome. Okay, well, another question that I have for you is, what advice would you give to someone who just immigrated to America or wanting to immigrate overseas? I think first thing is ensure you start working on your papers the moment you get here. Right, don't don't let it sit to the back burner. And also, if you have the opportunity to uh, go to school, whether it's uh, getting a certification or taking any professional courses, 
do so early on, right? Even if you, you start from a, a warehouse job or a, a CNA, whichever job you do, ensure that you find yourself in some kind of professional training because mm -hmm. it's very easy to become uh, complacent. It's very easy to, you know, just stay where you are and also find a mentor. That is something which a lot of people take for granted. But once you find a good mentor, your life will be so different. You can actually achieve so much in a short period of time because you have someone that has gone through it. And I'm not talking about a mentor for someone that has stayed here for 10, 20 years. That's not the point. A mentor is someone that has achieved something right. to understand the route to success, Correct. the route that you want to follow. So you find that person, whether it's on LinkedIn, whichever uh, resource you want to leverage to find a good mentor. It's so, so important. A mentor will direct you. A mentor will teach you from your failures and your experiences. Right. To tell you don't do this and this is the reason why. But if you go and find someone that is a pessimist who hasn't achieved anything that has just been here for a long time, they will shatter almost all your dreams. Absolutely. So get your papers right. Get an education, get the mentor. Those are three things. The rest will fall in place. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and prayer about, I, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Prayer works. <laughs> yeah, prayer yeah. works, absolutely. Yeah. You know, you just, you just hit on something very, very important, which is very, very unusual and uncommon in our community. You think you just mentioned something about mentoring and coaching. It's something that we always think about mentoring and coaching to be a business aspect. Mm. And we think about it to be a business component, but we, but most of us are missing the, the fact that mentorship is because I look at it from like from a coach perspective, right? Think about a soccer player, think about a soccer game. A coach is somebody that stands on the outside, you know, and watch everything that's happening out there, yes. right? And he has the big, it's like an eagle eye standing <laughs> out there and just watching whatever has happened. He can see where you go wrong and where the ball is going and the possibility of you failing or making a good goal, a good, a good play, you know. And I so love the aspect of coaching and mentoring because, you know, me, especially yourself being in business and all these business opportunities and that we involve ourselves into, it gives us an opportunity to experience coaching and mentoring from different angles and different people. And we can bring those skills and knowledges back into our community to help people focus and see the need to actually have somebody in your life that can actually be like somebody who is guiding you. And one thing I've also noticed is that we find complacency. We find somebody who is friendly, you know. We find someone who is friendly, who will not judge you. Uh, yeah. You know, if you want to do something wrong, you just you can just the first gonna be like, you know, it's okay, you know, just just forget about it, right? Somebody who is not gonna hold us accountable. What can you say about that aspect of accountability and mentoring? Yeah, <clears throat> I think when it comes to mentorship, right? A lot of people they feel like the mentor is trying to show off sometimes, right? And that is a misleading aspect because. When you're finding a mentor, you have to be sure that you source the right mentor. You have to be able to listen. You have to be coachable, right? Those are things which are very important. If you're not coachable, if you're not able to listen, there's no point in having that person as a mentor because sometimes a mentor may tell you something that is so outrageous, but they know why they're telling you. You have to have some degree of trust in that person. Say, okay, this person has been successful 
proven, right? That is why they're telling me to go through this path. Then when it comes to accountability, you have to also know that this person has to challenge you. If a mentor is not challenging you to do more for yourself, then that's not the right mentor that you need to. A mentor is supposed to challenge you to be accountable because you are responsible to you know, follow the path to your success. A mentor may just be there to guide you. They will just serve as a guide will, but you have to formulate that path. They'll tell you, okay, this is the right path. This is what you have to do. And you need to make sure that you do it. Because if you keep making excuses, that person also wouldn't want to keep wasting your time in mentoring right. you. I can't mentor you to failure. Right. Right. You have to also be responsible. There's that shared ownership, me mentoring you and you doing what you're supposed to do, being accountable every single day. Right. And then right. mentoring also uh, involves coaching. Right. Right. If I'm coaching you, I know that, hey, you have to, certain times you have to challenge me as a mentor, and the times I have to challenge you, the times I'll provide you ideas, the times I'll listen to what you're proposing, the times I'll expect you to come up with ideas. Right. So it's a two-way street. Don't just sit and say, oh, I have a mentor. And then you're calling them and asking them for what is the hottest bar. <laughs> right? You never call them and say, hey, which book can I read? Right. How do I grow in this career path that I'm choosing? What right. are the challenges? Because that's very important, right? Rather than just looking at the person's success, you should also, also be questioning them. What kind of challenges did you deal with? How right. did you overcome this one? Right? right? What is the path? Because like you said, from the coaching perspective, today we had uh, one of our Lean Six Sigma sessions, uh, okay. office hour. Uh, a lady brought up a concern about, you know, they are looking for um, root cause, right? They notice that the problem is not within your team, it's from another team. Right. How can they fix that? <clears throat> so I was telling them that there is something called local optimization and global optimization. Okay. There's the same thing when it comes to coaching. You being the player, you have a local perspective, just what you're seeing, but the coach has a global perspective. Correct. Like a mentor. You're seeing it from a big picture because you understand the whole map. Right. But you, the player, you're seeing just where you are. So a mentor will guide you, help enlarge your vision, but you have to be ready. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you just hit on those topics about books, about reading books, and not just any kind of book, but motivational books, business books, those, those, those books those will, that will drive you. You know, I, I think about the fact that there are books, when you look at successful people, successful people are readers. You know, yes. they have a lot of books. They've read a lot of books, and it's some. It's a habit and culture, which is being transpired, which is being um, tr translated to to the business community, right? But so many of us in our African community, we are not. We we think about books to be something that you have to, you, you have to use to prepare for exams. Yes, and <laughs> and, <laughs> and as soon as the examination is over. You pack all the books and dump them at the dumpster. <laughs> you know, right now my life is just work, work, work. But I think about books because I have read multiple books, multiple business books, and I'm sure you have read as well. You know, and these books have actually broadened our perspective of life and in different things. Think about marriage, think about relationship, think about love, think about business, think about mindset, think about motivation, think about even workout and exercise, think about even diet and dieting and, and and self and self-help these are all areas that are very 
Uh, they are very, these areas are very, very influential in our day-to-day -day life and personal development. Absolutely. Another question that I have for you is who are the most or who are the three people who have been the most influential in your life in America and why? Uh, that's a very good question. I think the, the first person, uh, I'll say the first person has been my wife. Excellent. I don't, I don't get to tell her this because <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she's going to listen to this show. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I think uh, my, my wife has, she has been very influential in who I've become. I think my level of maturity today has been uh, grossly due to her being the woman she is, standing firm behind me, making sure that I see the big picture every time. You know, I think she's been uh, one of the most influential people in my life, in my adult life, I would say. <clears throat> then also, uh, I have a friend, uh, Gustav Mkete. He has been very influential in the perspective, how I see things, which I really appreciate. He has been a great friend. He has been a brother. He has been a business partner. And he has just, you know, he was the first one to get into the corporate world. He was the first person to come to America you know how you see your friend that you will, yeah. you know, and I saw him in America. I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm more confident in America. Right? <laughs> and then he's, he was the first to get into the corporate world. And I was like, if he can get into this corporate world, I also can do this. Absolutely. With that healthy, you know, uh, competition. competition. Right. Which a lot of times friends misunderstand this, right? Right. If you have... Uh, friends with someone you have to be able to compete with them in something right. positively right you're challenging yourself but hey my friend has elevated himself i also need to elevate myself right not that you're jealous of them achieving anything but you're using that as a motivating factor right to elevate yourself right and then i think uh i'll tell another person uh is cliff okay He's a Kenyan friend. He uh, introduced me to WFG. Okay. I think that has been very uh, instrumental in my understanding of the whole financial um, uh, sphere in the U.S. Correct. Understanding how the U.S. market is, how money worked, how money worked, and understanding the whole finance aspect, personal finance. I think he's been very influential. I get to tell him this often. But I, I don't think he uh, really understands how much I appreciate him, you know, <laughs> being able to say, okay, if I go out, I don't come back in. Right. My wife will be taken care of. My brothers, my sisters, my son will be taken care of. He will still go to the school he wanted to go to. My wife will still live the luxurious life that she wants and all that. So he made that possible. He gave me a peace of mind, which I, I cannot trade that for anything. Absolutely. Yeah, those are three people there. You know, it's, it's amazing. You, you you mentioned something about the person you have become, right? And I think about the person that you have become as something that you have, like your wife, your wife being the first, the number one influential person in your life. Being that person that she has been, influencing you and pushing you to your extremes and making you becoming better, right? And think about the fact, like, I, I'm thinking about the fact that now she has made you the person that you have become. Right. It means you have actually arrived at some point. What are some of the things that you experienced that made you become a better person? Because obviously you are better today than you were eight years ago. Absolutely. Right. 
I think number one is a challenge. You know, our African women, they will tell you things. That... <laughs> <laughs> it will get you fired up, right? <laughs> uh, although some, some men, they don't like uh, being challenged by a woman. But I think for me, I leverage that as uh, a catalyst to push myself to be somebody, right? right, right. Because uh, coming in and then after my work and travel visa had expired, I was waiting for uh, you know my asylum case to go through. So I couldn't work. I had no work permit. So my wife was the one working then. And she was taking care of the house. So you know how when African woman is taking care of the house, you become yeah. the houseband, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> so she would challenge me like, there are times she really challenged me, not in a degrading way, but she would say things which, as a man, when you sit back and, you know, rerun those things in your head, you know that, man, I have to do something, right? right. I have to get something going for myself. I need to elevate myself so I can help this woman, right. you know, to at least get some rest. And the whole family that you, that you want right. to develop. At the head of the, as a head of the household is a very instrumental I'm not saying you must end more than your wife or you must kill yourself. No, I'm saying you have to do something. Right. Right. So just the small challenges that she used to destroy words, you know, it got me to really uh, get up and say, hey, what can I do? How can I help? Right. How can I be a better person? Because, man, a lot of men make mistakes. They'll usually send your wife or your girlfriend to school and they're not going to school. They usually let the woman pay all the bills and take care of the house, and they just sit there and do nothing. And the short run, it may be okay, but in the long run, trust me, they'll kick you out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for your time, my brother. And one question I just want to ask you, where can our listeners connect with you? If you know they've learned all these things about you, you've been able to come on the show, you tell us all these great things that you're doing out there. <laughs> <laughs> and it's getting that you're doing out there in Maryland and how can they reach out to you how can they get in contact with you yeah uh I'm not I'm not a big social media person per se okay. but I'm on Facebook uh Philip Peters uh then uh my professional email uh Philip consulting uh service.com that's b-e-t-a-c-o-n-s-u-l-t-i-n-g S-E-R-V-I-C-E dot com. And what else? Uh, I think I have uh, an Instagram page, but I've forgotten what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not a big social media person per se, but I think uh, recently I've started to really understand the impact of social media, how it can be leveraged to, you know, or reach more people right. positively, because it can be used in all kinds of crazy ways, but I think I'll really start to embrace that. Absolutely. You know, I'm definitely going to put your contact on the, descri on the description of the show and, uh, you know, be ready to welcome emails from people who are interested in the content that you develop. And, uh, you know, if you have a website, you send that to me. I'm going to put that on there so mm -hmm. I can actually get more information from you and learn about what you do. And I can't wait. You know, I know you've mentioned something about the financial aspect and financial education. I can't wait to have you back on the show so you can definitely tell us about how people can prepare themselves financially being in America. Because the one thing that we always think about is just work, work, send money coming in Cameroon, work yeah. and send money back home, work and send money back home. And I, you know, I, I, I can't wait for us to really 
open that 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 kind that kind of war, <laughs> that kind of war when it's, when it comes to financial education. Yeah, I'll be I'll be very happy to um, discuss on that topic because I think we don't we don't talk about it a lot, especially um, in our community. Growing up, we don't talk about money with our parents. Right. Right. And with friends, we don't get to talk about money. You know, all we want to do is this friend has money. We want to follow them to program and drink. Right. But we never really ask about, hey, what, what kind of investment vehicles, you know, or what is in your portfolio? What opportunities can I leverage? How can I properly save money? Right. How can I invest this money? So I think that's, that's a topic which we don't, we don't get to uh, discuss too often. And even being a financial uh, professional myself, sometimes when I'm with friends, I want to talk about maybe retirement or maybe uh, proper uh, uh, preparation for you know, the eventuality, right? We right. all would go someday. Right. They just look at me like, bro, why? <laughs> like, <laughs> but I tell people them think, time, People think yeah. it's, far, it's far-fetched. Yeah, I tell them I'm, t- I'm tired of GoFundMe and, you know, people retiring and then they have to go back to the village because they didn't properly prepare or being homeless and so many things or being sick and then use up all the savings. So those are some of the things which are really uh, like us to hit on. Maybe uh, the next time you get to invite me on the show. Absolutely, my brother. Well, uh, thank you very much for your time, man. And I know you are a new dad. I, can, I cannot imagine, imagine how, many, how much sleep you get <laughs> every night. <laughs> oh, man, it's exciting. <laughs> uh, um, extend my regards to your amazing wife, man. And I can't wait, you know, what, next time I'm in Maryland, I'm definitely going to give you guys, uh, I'm just going to show up at your door. <laughs> Absolutely. My wife is a great cook, man. I, I think you you enjoy Whether it's fish, arrow, whatever. Just um, let me know. Excellent, excellent, excellent. All right, man. Thanks so much for your time, bro. I'm going to talk to you later. All right, man. I appreciate uh, the opportunity. You take All care right. of yourself and let's get this to number one. Yes, absolutely. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a good one. You good too, night. Bro. You too. Good night.